looking. Hour number three. We're flying by today. Big news today, the 58-page lawsuit filed in Manhattan yesterday by the former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, alleging discrimination and claiming the payoffs from the owner for uh, throwing games, basically, and going after the Broncos and the Giants and all of that. You've got uh, the Super Bowl now. They're starting to polish things up out there in, in California, getting ready at SoFi Stadium for Cincinnati and L.A., uh, we've got our own issues back here about, uh, you know, you got Harbaugh interviewing for the head coaching position in Minnesota. You got Eberflus taking Luke Getze, and they're squarely putting the crosshairs on the Green Bay Packers uh, down in Chicago. Uh, they're trying to kind of put things together very quietly right now over in Detroit. Meanwhile, there's still a lot of uncertainty in Green Bay. We got all that. Uh, I had mentioned before in the last hour, I was talking about Matthew Stafford, our buddy Paulie. Uh, in West Dallas writes, hey, you know, my wife and I absolutely believe that Stafford's wife is trying to flaunt it for the camera. As you say, she's hoeing for show. Oh, wait. Wait a minute, Paulie. I never said she's hoeing for show. I never said that. I said jumping on the husband, uh, showing off the booty in the, in the blue leather, in that in that L.A. Rams blue leather pants and hanging on like she was going to ride it for the full eight seconds, so to speak, in a rodeo. That was a little bit much. I know. Ne- Oh, don't put those words in my mouth. I never said that. Uh, He goes on to say it's a little over the top. I'm rooting for Stafford to win, but she's making it hard because she can really be somewhat sickening. I do think that Burrow's going to keep Cincinnati relevant for so many years if he doesn't get killed first. By the way, go Badgers tonight. That's our buddy, Pauly. Pauly, appreciate it. Um, Yeah, Badgers with a big one coming up tonight against uh, Illinois. They've got Illinois, then Penn State, then they get another top 25-ranked team. We all know that's a big one over in East Lansing where they're going to take on uh, the Michigan State Spartans. So big, big three coming up. I said they win two out of three. Uh, ben, Badgers, next three games, two out of three or one out of three? Two out of three feels like a win, definitely, because the two tougher ones are on the road. Um, I mean, right. my gut says one out of three, but there was a streak earlier where I said, I hope they win two out of three, then they won all of them, right? So right. I don't know. They they have an ability to prove me wrong every step of the way. Yes, I agree. Uh, Rick says, uh, by the way, she's just excited for her guy. I I hope that's what it is. I really now she has been on Instagram and such and Twitter, uh, very much giving the verbal middle finger to the world and and promoting. Just see how Matthew he Stafford. responds to the load. There you go. When you got to carry your wife around, that's that's load management right there. Uh, but I I look, I get it. She has probably taken a lot of grief on social media because of her husband, right? And I completely understand it. I I am sure I'm thrilled for them. I am glad that Matthew Stafford is smiling. He certainly is deserving after being one of the bright spots of that organization over in Detroit for so many years. I completely hope that that's all this is, that this is just genuine enthusiasm. But if she's just hawking it for the for the cameraman. It's kind of like, don't, don't try to take the spotlight from your husband. He, he deserves this, you know, but you know, look, I always hear from families, whenever you get a chance to talk to players, when you talk about practices, travel, things that they're put, they put up with as, as the wives and fans in the stands, uh, things that are said to them, they don't deserve any of that. You know, we've, we've heard about this after losses where fans go after players, kids and, and wives and mothers and such. And it's like, they don't deserve. So they do, they have that, that not necessarily the work of the blood, sweat and tears that are invested in, into winning, but they certainly have the tears and the emotions invested in winning. So I certainly hope that she is just, 
you know, just just happy as hell for her husband and the situation that they find themselves in and not necessarily kind of kind of showing it for the camera. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, this is uh, did she have brain? I don't know. Did she have uh, brain surgery? I have no idea. I probably should know that. Right. Yes, she did. I would agree. Last year. I, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Last year. I completely forgot about that. I mean, I'm sure it was something that at the time I, I remember, but no, I, I completely, completely forgot. I completely spaced on that. Uh, Ricky, bring up a good point. When you talk about uh, Jim Caldwell and Marvin Lewis, how many times have they had actually token interviews? And Marvin Lewis, now call, both of those guys had success, but Marvin Lewis, I was really shocked um, I was really shocked that Marvin Lewis has not gotten another job. And, and here's the reason why. Now, Marvin Lewis was beating his head against the wall in Cincinnati. But Marvin Lewis did more with less in Cincinnati. His problem was he let, he was such a player's coach, it got to the point where you could kind of see that that the players were running the asylum, so to speak. And that might have hurt him. But I'm really shocked that Marvin Lewis has not gotten another job. Now, Marvin Lewis, along with Brian Billick, as we had mentioned, with Herm Lewis now out in uh, Arizona at Arizona State. But I was really kind of shocked um, that Marvin Lewis has not gotten another gig, in all honesty. 877 867 1670, by all means, do so. Marvin Lewis was on first take today. Uh, again, four-letter network, as we heard Brian Flores earlier on Get Up. But Marvin Lewis came on the program and was talking about some of these, some of these hiring practices and not getting another job. Did you go through anything similar to this in terms of the hiring practice where you felt like those interviews prior to Cincinnati was just a waste of your time? Well, I actually, I, I did interview uh, with the Carolina Panthers before uh, John Fox got the job. And, and I can recall that we had uh, lost uh, to the Steelers in the second round of the playoffs. And I remember sitting home on Monday, and I think it was Chris Mortensen or someone else reported that, that Foxy would be named the head coach of the Panthers on Friday. And when I went to work Tuesday, Brian came in and said, hey, I just got off the phone with Ozzy, and the Panthers want you to come down and interview for the job. I said, Coach, I, I just heard last night on TV that they're going to name Foxy the coach on Friday. And he said, so he goes back, he talks to Ozzy, talks to the people, and and I end up going down to, to Charlotte and so forth and meeting with the, the Richardson family, and you know they said that wasn't true and so forth, and they named John the head coach on Friday. So, you know, uh, I, I don't know, you know, again, that's the situation I was I was in, but you have to go. You have to go and prove uh, that you're worthy to become the head coach, and uh, you know, and and it's you know you're appreciative of the opportunity, but what was supposedly going to happen ended up happening in that case for sure. So there you go. That's Marvin Lewis on uh, first take, and this was prior to him being named the Cincinnati Bengals head coach. But I still think that it's somewhat surprising to me that he has not um, 
become another head coach somewhere else. Because I really thought for what he did in Cincinnati, as much as, and and look, uh, I've always said this, the day I left there, I didn't think they were ever going to be a winning fr- uh, franchise. They, they were never going to win a Super Bowl because of Mike Brown, the owner. And he really had to manipulate the relationship between the players because there wasn't a general manager at the time. They they don't have that general man. Mike Brown always thought he was the general manager. He was smarter than the average bear. And, uh, you know, they between him and his daughter, Katie, and Marvin Lewis, he called him the three-headed general manager. That's what he called him. And uh, after Marvin Lewis left there, I thought, boy, that guy did more with less than damn near anybody and had them relevant, just couldn't win in the postseason. And since then, he it's it's been completely quiet. You know, I mean, it, nothing. So I really thought it was interesting that he did not get another job in the NFL. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, by all means, do so. Um, they, they, over on the Bud Light live stream, this is kind of turning into who has the worst wife or significant other. People going all crazy. Patrick Mahomes, talking about Patrick Mahomes. Yes, um, I, I did uh, go back and read the story during the break about uh, Matthew Stafford's wife and had a benign brain tumor. Uh, they thought it was cancer, but it wasn't. But uh, it affected her balance and such. And, yeah, I did uh, I did go back and read that. Bill, you know what happened last time we had this conversation? What's that? I, you asked if there were any, you know, very famous athlete wives. And someone had yes. brought up Stafford's wife for throwing something at people. It was right after that happened. And that's how we right. got into the poll discussion, uh, poll assassin discussion. The poll assassin, yes. The last time we went in that direction, I completely agree. The poll assassin, pardon it, but the poll assassin popped up at that point in time as uh, that <laughs> part of that discussion. No word on the lawsuit. It was filed on oh, December 3rd. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I'm monitoring it by the day, though. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, interesting. <laughs> Oh my goodness! The pole assassin. There you go. That's uh that. Oh, that's a whole other situation. Have we heard anything regarding the the the, the kid and the the monkey? No, just uh, there was a lawsuit filed December third. Uh, then okay. it also became a very popular presentation on people's lawns uh, during Christmas. Right. They put dolls and you know. Um, but no, we have not the heard North, anything. The North Pole assassin. There you go. Since I see that. December third. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 877-867. I'm going to retweet that just to retweet it. There you go. I'm not going to put any caption. I'm just going to retweet it and let people have their have their fun with it. Uh, <laughs> Jackson says, uh, this is not common, uh, or this is not uncommon, I should say, just to be uh, NFL speaking. He says this is not just a, this is not uncommon in just the NFL. This happens everywhere. You have somebody that you want for the position, but yet you have to go through the process of interviewing others. Uh, it is called nepotism at its finest, and it happens all over. Sometimes it's not about how good you are. It's who you know. Uh, should we be shocked that this is prevalent in the NFL? The NFL, what the Rooney Rule stated... Okay, what the Rooney Rule brought was, yeah, you may know who you want, but what they wanted was more and more minority candidates in front of owners and general managers. So it exposed them, one, beneficially to the interviewing process. So they get an idea as to what teams are looking for. Whatever assistant coach you happen to bring in, 
you get an idea of what teams are looking for out of NFL head coaches because everybody's different. And the other aspect of this was some of the – and you're right. Look, it's it's the I, – I, as far as I know, I don't think any NFL team is uh, owned by a majority of black ownership. So they wanted more black candidates in front of white owners out of that good old boy network to say, here we are. We are as smart as the average bear, and if not, better in many areas, and, and you know, in relations and such, because the majority of the league is predominantly black. And so with, you, with, the, with the league being of color, why in the hell isn't there more people of color that are in management positions in some way, shape, or form? Because we have the ability to lead just like white coaches do. And what they wanted to do was to go through the hiring process and expose more and more coaches and coaches of color to the interview process to open up the eyes of some of these owners to say there's other people out there. It wasn't to say we guarantee you a job. It was to open up the eyes of a lot of these ownership groups to say, look, there are other people out there. Give them the opportunity to wow you, you know, and that's what the Rooney rule was supposed to do. It has not equated to the amount of hirings in conjunction with the amount of players in, in, in you know, the same respective numbers. And that's what people are upset about. Now, I, I can't say that you've got to have a quota of so many black head coaches. Otherwise, the league is completely blatantly unfair and biased and racist. I don't know what that number would be. And I who knows? Who knows if you have a candidate that you have in mind that you work well with? I don't know. But what the Rooney Rule was supposed to do, it wasn't supposed to say it's going to equate to hirings. It was going to have so many people get so many interviews in front of ownership who had otherwise not been exposed to that before. That's what the Rooney Rule was supposed to do. Unfortunately, it has uh, exposed another side of the NFL. That is, yeah, 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 we've got our guy. We'll go through this if we have to, but, you know, it is what it is. But you're right. Jackson, in, in, in the uh, the email case, it happens everywhere. I get it. doesn't make it right, but it happens everywhere. I've been on a couple of interviews that I knew uh, going into it that I found out through back channels that I wasn't going to be a part of that, you know, I, because of whatever reason. Uh, I was up for a, a, a job one time um, via play-by-play, and I knew, I found out two days going in that I was not going to get the job because there was a, a person in the office that just didn't didn't care for me. And that's okay. But you still get a chance to go in and show your wares, you know? But I knew going in I wasn't going to get the job. And sure enough, I mean, basically the interview was, you know, it was a good interview. It was a couple of guys that actually seemed like they gave a damn. But it was at, in the very end when I walked away, I felt like, if you go back to the old Seinfeld reference, when Elaine is walking in trying to get the job at Doubleday, she says, I have no chance for this, do I? She goes, no, you don't. Thank you for coming. And, and that's kind of the way I felt walking out of there. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. 
Can you help me, Creole? Glad to have you. As always, we are glad to have you with us. Thanks so much for joining us. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there. Quick trip. If you are looking for a meal tonight, you're going to sit down. You're going to hunker down tonight. Watch the Badgers and uh, Illinois. Oh, looking forward to that. Maybe stop off at Quick Trip. Get yourself a pothole pizza, some of the fried chicken, some of the take-home dinners. Pop them in the microwave. You're good to go. So good. Stop into our friends at Quick Trip and check that out. They got some really good meals. I mean, even if you're going to stop there and say you need gas, walk inside. Take a look around. Take a look around. Just say, oh, I didn't know they had that. Didn't know they made this. We all know they have great baked goods, right? The burgers and such, the hot food that's sitting there under the under the lamp. We know about that as well and all the specials that they have. But look at some of the take-home meals. Oh, so good. So good. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. So uh, this was Doug Farrar that tweeted this, Ben. I, I, for whatever reason, I can't see Doug Farrar's stuff. I don't know if he blocked me. Um... I think he did, which I would have no idea as to why, but I think he did. So what was stated? Doug Farrar tweeted that Cameron Wolf, who is an NFL Network reporter, just said on NFL Network that he has spoken to one of the witnesses who may be able to back up Brian Flores's tanking allegations against the Dolphins and that there are multiple potential witnesses. So there's a Doug chance. Doug Farrar blocked me. I have no idea why. I have no idea why. So there's a chance that he has the witnesses. There is a uh, chance that it could be proven to be true as opposed to an accusation. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that would be huge. That would be huge because if he could, if he's able to prove it and have witnesses to that, um, that that's that's enormous news. Because it's like we talked about before. Now you've got legitimately an owner. When the NFL got in bed with betting companies, you've now got an owner saying, go lose, which is unheard of. Not only for the betting aspect of this, but now you're talking about a guy telling his head coach with all these guys that are out there giving it their all trying to get better, trying to win. You you got a, a, an owner telling the head coach, no, go away. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. I that, that would be that would be somewhat shocking. That would be somewhat shocking. 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up feel free. Again, 877-867-1670. Man. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. And again, this is all really early, very preliminary. Um, but yeah, it's uh it, it's it's this is where the NFL very quickly goes into cover your ass mode. Rather than saying, you know, hey, if any of this is true, we're going to look into this. This is something we don't tolerate, on and on and on. Instead, they went into almost immediately, which we, we don't have any information on this. We we don't know if this is true or not, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's 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 really, you know, this is coming from a league in which they say, 
oh, by the way, they put these slogans in the end zones and slogans on the back of helmets about it takes everyone. And they're like the first to cover their ass when it comes to stuff like this. It's amazing. Um, Rick says there's some really bad owners out there, and if the NFL, uh, you know, if it, this is Ross proves to be true, that he needs to sell the team if the allegations are true. I would agree. Uh, I, I would 100% agree. Justin says, how did it become the uh, Rooney rule? Um, and he says, I guess I'm unaware because Art Rooney was the longtime owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Art Rooney put this rule in place. He felt that more minorities needed uh, an avenue, a true dedicated avenue to find themselves in front of more and more white owners to say, hey, look, we can do this, you know, because there was a a and still is a large schism between, uh, you know, the amount of players, players of color that are in the NFL. And then you take that in conjunction with the players that are white, and then you flip it when it comes to management, ownership, players, and people of, of power in front offices. It is completely the opposite. And so that's that's the reason uh, Art Rooney said, hey, look, we, we really need to interview uh, a certain number of people of color to at least get them in front of us so we can look at them and start opening our eyes to people that have capabilities to do the job and not just the color of their skin. And that's the reason it's called the Rooney Rule. 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, this one is from Anthony, and Anthony chimes in quite often. He says, uh, hey, Bill, how do you think this affects the Green Bay Packers, when it comes to their hiring practices now that numerous positions are open? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I don't. When it comes to head coaches, the Rooney rule is in effect. I don't know. I don't think it applies to assistant coaches. Not that I know of. I don't think it applies to assistant coaches. I think it is just for head coaching vacancies. So that, But that's a great question. I've never, I, I think when it comes to the hiring of assistant coaches, we just kind of look at others and just say, okay, whatever. You know, we, we just, we, you know, we, we really don't care. You don't hear about their names. You know what I mean? 877-867-1670, hit us up. Uh, this is from this is from Kathy. Kathy says, I think what's going on in the NFL is disgusting. They worry more about covering things up than cleansing the game of all the problems. If you don't have problems and you don't have to hide behind the curtain, then you have nothing to worry about. Expose the curtain. Uh, and, and again, I, I've talked about there are cer there's certain things that you do that you're going to be judged as wrong to begin with. Everybody has it in your life. You don't want everybody looking into your window. It's complete 110% transparency. It's not good for anybody, okay? It's just going to lead to problems, especially in today's day and age where social media becomes law and Twitter muscles rule, okay? But I do think that the NFL at times is more worried about the shield and the image and covering their ass than it is about curing the problem. It's kind of like fire ready aim. You know, they would much rather go in a different direction and, and say, look at this, look at this, than really take care of the problem. You know? Um, 
So I, 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 there are, look, I think there's credibility to all of this and it's a great discussion, uh, but there is no hard and fast rule because the majority of owners, you get into it because of ego. Every owner gets into this, no matter how many millions and billions owners have, you get into this business one, because you know you're going to make money. Okay, let's be honest. It, it, when you buy a franchise, yes, you're going to put money into it, but ultimately you're going to sell it off when you finally do. You are going to be, be rich beyond your wildest imagination. Like, there is not a failing monetary aspect to the NFL, to Major League Baseball, to the NBA. You buy one of those franchises, you're gold. Because whatever you buy it for, sell it in 10 years, getting a lot more money, a lot more money, right? Okay, so that's the first reason you buy it. Second reason is because I think there's an ego there. You know, I mean, you want to win. You want to come in and prove that you're the best. You're a great businessman, whatever it happens to be, but you want to be the best, right? You want a championship. I don't think any owner goes into this saying, you know what, I want to suck for years and then sell this thing off. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. I think there's an ego to it. Every owner has an ego. They want to win. It's how you go about it. Do you run it like a business to where you say, look, I'm going to put the best people in position to make the best decisions on certain levels, things that I am. Because the best owners and the best managers are the ones that really admit what they don't know. It's not about what you know. It's about what you don't know and what you do to overcome that because that can become the obstacle. If you're too arrogant to say, I don't know this, I need help, then you're never going to be completely successful because that area in which you don't know is always going to be an area of failure. The best managers are the ones that say, you know what? I don't know a lot about this. Let's bring in somebody who does. Let's bring in somebody much, much smarter in this area than I am that can then put a staff together that's smarter than me even in that area and make that area successful. And I'll worry about accentuating the positive of what I know. That's the best owners. And we've seen that. So there's good owners. There's bad owners. We all know that. Let's go to the phone calls. Let's talk to Paul. Paul, welcome to the program, The Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Not too much. Hey, I just wanted to chime in real quick on this thing. Um, I can't imagine, like I, kind of like you were saying, um, but the NFL is all about winning. They take they take all the best players regardless of their color. You know what I mean? As far as they, they're picking the best players to fit the positions they need. The coaches, you would think if there's a great coach out there, they also want to pick the best possible coach. I mean, if Mike Tomlin was let go by the Steelers, I think any one of the teams would have that were looking for a coach would have hired him immediately. You know what I'm saying? Because he's right. you know, an African-American coach with incredible success. I can't imagine, you know what I'm saying, that that they would not, that there's any other franchises out there that would not pick a African-American coach that is, you know what I mean, that they think is, is better, and, and, you know what I mean, and I, that his skin color would, would, would you know, get in the way of their, his hiring. That's just my right. thought. I just, like I said, it's win at all costs, and I can't imagine. Correct. You know, I'm not saying that there's not a problem, but it would surprise me that, like I said, that somebody was not picked based on skin. That's, that's it's, it's, a, it's a great conversation, and I agree with you. If Mike Tomlin were fired today, he would have a job probably tomorrow somewhere, without a doubt. I, I completely concur. Appreciate the phone call. I look at it this way. You start looking at the coaching staffs. Look at the coaching staffs in general. And it goes back to the question about the Rooney rule and about putting uh, coaching candidates in front of head coaches to fill out their staffs. So is the staff of color as well? Because let's just say had Luke Getze or Nathaniel Hackett been black, would they be in those coaching positions now? 
would they then be picked off of that Matt LaFleur tree to say, hey, we want that success in our own backyard? But you look at Matt LaFleur's staff, and I, I don't I think he's got one, maybe two, uh, without Maurice Drayton. I think he's got one or two guys now of color on his staff. I don't think that staff is made up uh, of color. So you you look at the staffs around the league, okay? And then you say, okay, who's ascending? You know, for years we've talked about Eric Bieniemy, the play caller. Well, I shouldn't say the play caller because Andy Reid calls the plays. But the guy that set up the offense with Andy Reid down in Kansas City, he was a hot candidate. And then all of a sudden, he's gone. Nobody's talking about Eric Bieniemy anymore. You know, and and it's it's a little like right now, Eric Bieniemy should be out interviewing for head coaching positions, and I haven't heard his name being tossed around at all. So it's a very interesting proposition. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there wisconsin harley davidson wisconsin harley davidson they have got it going on they got a lot of stuff coming up and uh, they've got a, a terrific contest going on right now about rolling daytona if you want to be a part of that and possibly go down to daytona bike week and win a new motorcycle compliments of uh, the jesse james dupree guys they've got that going on uh, in addition to that, uh, they have new bikes. The 2022s are starting to roll in. A lot of orders, but, man, they got a lot of cool bikes that are out there. Holy moly. And they've got a big selection of used inventory as well. Then you get into the motor clothes, which continue to uh, you know flood in almost uh, daily, and the huge clearance rack in the back, a whole room dedicated to clearance, by the way. And the parts department, service department, second to none. They're fantastic, and they've got a lot of good parties and such coming up this year, a lot of events that uh, they do, and they do it bigger and better than anybody, specifically in this area. I mean, just because of the size of their lot and the amount of bands and things that they can do, uh, they're absolutely fantastic. Check out Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. And if you're looking for a bike, call up my buddy Craig, uh, the uh, the GM out there, and he'd be glad to talk to you uh, about getting you into a, a new or used bike, for that matter. So huge selection and such. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, please feel free to do so. Uh, this portion of the program also brought, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. But tomorrow night, the huddle is uh, going to be at the New Berlin Ale House tomorrow night. Six to eight tomorrow, we're going to be uh, out on the uh, in the New Berlin area towards the just south of Brookfield. Going to be out there tomorrow night, uh, the final huddle of the year, if you will. So looking forward to that. And uh, it's kind of it's 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 always exciting because the last one means that we're leaving right after that for Super Bowl. On the other hand, it's kind of sad because that means the NFL season is coming to an end. And it's it really is a, a terrific time of year just for what it is we do, but more so as Packers fans than anything. So um, looking looking forward to it and also somewhat disappointed that it's all coming to an end because I really do enjoy getting out and and meeting and seeing everybody and doing the shows out there. So, um Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to find us, that's the phone number uh, to get in and uh, and chime in. And uh, got some emails that I want to get to as well. This one is from our buddy uh, Steve. Steve says, "Good day, Bill. If that is the report that the Packers want Aaron Rodgers back badly, they need to admit that they totally messed up on the Jordan Love and move on. 
Even if they get a mid to late round pick for him, that would be good. Granted, uh, he may flourish somewhere else, and if he does, good for him. The Packers need to admit that they drafted him on the dreaded P word with potential, and it just didn't work out. If the Packers can restructure Aaron for three more years and then start the process of looking for his successor, then that would probably be the route to go. Uh, They can keep Kurt Bankert as a backup and have some cap money moving forward and moving on from number 10. That's our buddy Steve in Richfield. Steve, uh, appreciate it. By the way, some of the prop bets are coming out. Um, the length of the national anthem, the length of the, uh, the, the word brave in the national anthem. Six and a half seconds. That's a contentious topic. You remember a couple years ago when the brave was actually two different words? Whoever was singing said brave and then said brave again. And that yes. caused mass hysteria, and I lost money yes. because of it. Correct. Um, the color of Mickey Gaetan's outfit during the anthem. White, yellow, gold, blue, black, gray, silver, purple, red, pink, green, or orange. Um, will there be a forgetting of a word or the omission of a word in the national anthem? The number of planes during the flyover. I never understood why there was a flyover when you're t- when you're talking about playing in a dome. By the way, who's going to be shown first, Zach Taylor or Sean McVay during the national anthem? Uh, who's going to be shown first, Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? Who's going to be shown first, Co- uh, Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase? Um, will any scoring drive take less than the actual time of the national anthem? <laughs> uh, halftime specials, first headlining artist to be shown during halftime. Two or more artists simultaneously, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, the total number of songs played during the halftime show will be ten and a half. That's the over and under. Um, and then it's got, you know, uh, what, which song is going to be played first next episode, California love, lose yourself, all the stars, family affair, nothing but a G thing, uh, drop it like it's hot, humble and still Dre still DRE It goes on and on. There's so many prop bags, total headlining artists to wear sunglasses. That's a good one. I think all of them probably will. Um, gosh. I mean, they go on and on and on. Uh, Which Anheuser brand commercial will run first? Budweiser, Bud Light Next, Cutwater Spirits, Michelob Ultra, Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda, or Mick Ultra Organic Seltzer? (laughs) Said first in a Michelob Ultra commercial. Dude or Jesus or Jesus, depending on your pronunciation. It, it just it's it's on and on and on. The prop bets are now starting to come out. If you want to check them out, go to betonline.ag. Our buddy Jimmy Shapiro brings them to us from Stuff Media. Betonline.ag. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we're, we're gonna get Dave Mason on from Bet Online. He's the sports book uh, brand manager. We'll talk with him about all the prop bets. About where America's money is going Uh, from there. Uh, 
877-867-1670. If you want to shoot us uh, something, by all means, go ahead and do so. Prop bet. Are you a prop bet fan, Ben? Do you get in on that? Only on the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, the Super Bowl. Some of the Super Bowl stuff is fine. You know, I the the fifty fifty stuff with, um, you know the the like the um, the flip of the coin flip and what side of the field. It's, that's just that. Nah, who cares? Coin flips electric. I I'm a big national yeah. anthem over fan. Right. Usually, if uh, it depends on the artist. Uh, there are some artists that just, you know, they want to sing it and just sing it well. There's other artists that have tendencies to embellish it to their liking because they're trying to show off for the world. And, and, and then, you know, you get the, it's like, oh my God, just, you know, sing it right. Gatorade color. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Just sing it right. Get it over with. Uh, in the sense that it's supposed to be written, not in some kind of an embellished four-minute you know, rendition, so to speak. Um, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're running a little bit late today. We're going to step away, take a, a quick break, come right back. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Rams and the Bengals getting ready for the Super Bowl. We'll have updates every day on the Bill Michaels Show live from L.A. And Super Bowl 56 beginning next week. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor talked about what it was like landing in Cincinnati late Sunday night after beating the Chiefs in Kansas City. You know, we got back. There was a lot of fans outside the stadium when we got here, which was cool to see. It was a nice spot over there in Mount Healthy, and we had a good time there for a little bit. So it, it was an overall great night. I haven't got a lot of sleep yet. You know, still taking it all in, but... Uh, we're going to quickly turn our focus here to the L.A. Rams. Taylor was an assistant coach for Sean McVay before taking the job in Cincinnati. Now, technically, the AFC team, the Bengals, are the home team for the Super Bowl, even though the game will be played in the Rams' home stadium. Sean McVay. To be able to play at home, you know, in this house that Mr. Kroenke built, this iconic venue is, is really unique. Uh, a little bit easier travel schedule for us since we travel all over the country during the course of the year for the most part. So um, just so happy for this group. Proud to be associated with it. Matt LaFleur and the Packers coaching staff are headed to Las Vegas to coach the NFC in the Pro Bowl. Mo Drayton was let go as the Packers special teams coordinator. Adam Stenovich is taking over as offensive coordinator. His assistant, Luke Butkus, has been promoted to become the offensive line coach. Butkus has worked with some of the best coaches in the league on zone blocking and was asked if he knew Stenovich before he was hired in Green Bay three years ago. No, I didn't know Steno, but we have we have some mutual connections, and you know we both kind of grew up under the same system and learning. Well, I, I had the opportunity to work in Seattle uh, in 2010 with Alex Gibbs, and then in 2011 with Tom Cable. That's Packers offensive line coach Luke Butkus. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. to have you as we roll through a Wednesday. Can't believe we're to Wednesday already. Starting to roll downhill beginning tomorrow. We've got the huddle tomorrow night, uh, the Friday edition, and then we head off to L.A. And uh, we're going to be out in L.A. covering uh, everything that is the Super Bowl and all the just whatever there is. Uh, you know, I've been asked because if you listen, there's a couple of different interviews that took place on the NFL Network over the last 24 hours about 
uh, from the event planner for the NFL about what's going on in the NFL and what's going on for Super Bowl. It is it's this it's drastically different compared to NFL Super Bowls in the past. Now, obviously, it's different than what it was last year because last year was basically a game. Uh, but the pomp and circumstance that is the NFL, it is L.A. is is pretty locked down. Now, the CDC in L.A. Uh, has said that they will not enforce um, capacity mandates. And the good news is the numbers nationwide, specifically here in our own backyard, but the numbers nationwide for those testing positive and being sick and ill and all that kind of stuff is, are starting to come down. Uh, many believe that we hit the peak of the uh, Omicron season uh, about a month ago and coming out of the Christmas and the New Year's holiday, and now we're on the downside. It's finally going to start to to rescind a little bit. But uh, still out there, you have to have not only a mask, but you have to have a vaccination card to get into restaurants, to get into venues. And the NFL is requiring you to not only be vaccinated, but also to be boosted. And 14 days out from that boost. Otherwise, they're not going to allow you in. I mean, it's 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 locked down, man. It's uh, it's not going to be easy to get in and move around out there. Now, uh, we're going to have people on the ground at the at Radio Row, myself. We're going to be doing the show. We're going to be bringing you as much pomp and circumstance as we possibly can because that's what we want to do. But it's it's this is going to be different. Expectations for what we've done in the past are so high. And I've been talking to a couple of agents who said, yeah, no, we're going to pass this year. They're just not bringing their guys out. They'll do some stuff via Zoom or they'll do some stuff on the phone, but they're not bringing guys out this year. Um, specifically, a lot of the older players, the older Hall of Famers and veteran players, uh, those that are over 50 and 60, that it's always a pleasure to talk to and pick their brain and talk about the glory days, so to speak. They're not going because, it's one, it's so locked down. Two, they said L.A. is a nightmare to get around. I've never been to L.A. long term. To where I'm driving myself, I've been out there, with, you know, years ago with the Brewers, but everything you're, you're driven back and forth. But they said everything is just going to be uh, be very, very locked down, and so they're not going to go. They're going to, you know, kind of hope that things return to normal and make it to uh, make it to Phoenix next year, out to Glendale, Arizona. But uh, but we're going to be out there. We're going to do the best we can. So hopefully you enjoy it and enjoy the fun, the frivolity, and everything that we try to bring you and show you and let you listen to. And we are going to have a podcast uh, on a nightly basis where Mike and I and uh, Erica and Kristen, we all sit down and just talk about the experience, about the times we've had, uh, the expectations. It's just, you know, for and we still don't know what to call it, by the way, which we've had some suggestions, but nothing is really kind of kind of stuck out. So if you got a good idea for what we should call the podcast, let me know. But nothing has really kind of jumped out and grabbed me. Well, I mean, it could be organic when we get out there, but... Um, but still, if you got something in mind that we should name this thing, let me know. But it's going to be uh, on the Bill Michaels podcast that you can catch on Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcasts and stuff. But it, it's it's behind the scenes look. It's 100% behind the scenes. It's nothing to do with the show. It's nothing to do with, with our, our sports interviews or anything. It's just it's 100% behind the scenes of being out there in L.A. with, uh, you know, the the preparation for Super Bowl. So that's what we're looking forward to, and hopefully you get a – uh, a good inside view as to, you know, kind of everything that we do in preparation for and going through the motions of uh, the broadcast out there. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, Josh says, uh, looking forward to the broadcast. What? Uh, well, no, uh, we just went through that. Um, 
what places are you looking most forward to visiting? I have only been to L.A. one time. Well, I, I take that back, twice. One time I took a cruise. I flew out, literally went from LAX to the to the port, and then cruised all the way down to, like, Acapulco. Uh, but the only other time I was there was with the Brewers. And I was there for three days, didn't really do a whole lot, uh, and, and that was it, basically to the ballpark and back. So I am look, I haven't been to the Santa Monica Pier. Mike Clemens has been there a couple of times. He said, you know, got to go to Santa Monica Pier. You got to go there. Uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame and the Hollywood Hill signs and down to down to the SoFi Stadium, obviously, you know, going to go over there. Um, so there's plenty of things that I'm looking forward to doing. I, But everybody that, that has either been there or lives there tells me, whatever it is you want to do, plan an hour to get there. Doesn't matter where it's at. If it looks like it's two miles away, plan an hour. They say everywhere you go, traffic sucks in L.A. It's and it does. There's not a good time or a bad time. It's always packed, always, always uh, a burden to get there. So we'll see. And if that's the if that's what becomes the story, then we'll tell you about that. Who knows? But I'm I'm looking forward to getting out and about, and moving around, and we'll take as many pictures as we can, as much uh, you know videos and such as we can, and we'll 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 put a shine on this thing. We'll put a shine on this thing, no doubt. Three hours down, another hour yet to go. We're not done yet. Hang in there. Bill Michael Show continues to move forward. Coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.